You're listening to Red Nation Online. Chris Pontius buries it early in the opening five minutes, giving DC United the lead on the road. Saturday, April 16th, Tim Vickery, Steve Perry, and I'm Ian Clark. We're back from BMO Field in a 3-0 tonking at the hands of DC United. What can be said other than the obvious? There's little to no positives to take from this one, but somehow we find a way to have a sophisticated conversation for 40 minutes. There are still things worth discussing. This is Eastside Stand Up. Start it off now. It's officially kicking off Eastside Stand Up Pod. We're home from BMO Field from a 3 0 tonking by DC United. We're thawing out from the stun. Well, no, it wasn't stunning, really. I mean, we were expecting this bottom to drop out. Well, let's just say, you know, going into the We've game. We've been talking about this bottom dropping out for a while. Right. But, you know, to set up this game, there was a bit of a backdrop that we went into the game or we were walking to the game. And I was saying, you know, this kind of, this night, the weather today, you know, going out today to buy my rain pants, um, it reminded me very much Reminiscent. of, of rem- yeah, of uh, I think it was 2008, DC United, early game in the season, night game, pouring rain. It was this, everything was set up perfectly for an early goal. Danny Dicchio taps one in within like three or four minutes, and they ride out a one 0 win. And oh, we saw all- an early, early goal. Yes, and and then it didn't rain, and it was DC who gets the goal. They didn't water the pitch either. Bad luck. Bad luck. <laughs> Tim is... Just to just be noted, we're about three minutes in the pod. Tim has yet to say anything. I know. I okay, know. okay, but, but the, the thing is, though, uh, is that within the first minute of the game, Santos had had a... a cr- the cross came in from uh, Martina and hit Santos. Right, a Beautiful ball in the header, and he missed it. He just wide. It just, just shy. So we almost did see... Yeah, but that score was kind of square. like... A, 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 without, like, sort of, you know... Um, Going into too much detail, this game felt a lot. Um, <laughs> it felt a lot like um, the game that we had against. Um, what was the one-all draw that we had like a couple of weeks ago? Chivas. Yeah, it felt a lot like the Chivas game, where we kind of didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't seem to start up at the same pace that they started up at. And I think in against Chivas, they had a goal within two or three minutes. Yeah, you're right. And then again, in this game, they had a. They had a goal within three minutes. Was it three minutes? It was four thirty-eight that they scored the first goal. Yeah, so, I think Chivas scored in like a ten minutes, like just early, really early on in the first ten minutes. For yeah, sure. but DC had scored two goals by the first ten minutes. This but time that's around. what I'm like. From the moment the whistle blew, um, it was kind of like we were expecting the game to sort of take on a gradual like build up of intensity, whereas DC and Shivers both. Like the moment the whistle blew, they'd seized the moment and scored. Yeah, we were in deep shit by the first ten minutes. Actually, yeah, the game was pretty much over after the nine minute mark. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I, by comparison, I I, really, by, by comparison, it's like doubly. Worse, I don't really I mind standing in the cold and you know and everything to watch football. Yes, but you it, do. It, it, no, but it, when when you lose three nil, like it, it's never going to be in- enjoyable. And there was there was almost no atmosphere in the stadium tonight. There was about six. They claimed there were sixteen thousand people there, but there's a lot there's more. There's no half. possible way that there was. I don't even think it was. There was just a lot of grumbling and moaning, and there was no spirited singing. There was like some 
half-assed chant of like when the Reds come marching in, and it was <laughs> all like, out of sync. It was all out of sync and out of time and like with hardly any effort, and it just kind of like it was it was a boring game. It seemed like and just, I, a, I, and I think even the supporter sections had to resort to uh, entertaining themselves by letting off smokes, taking smoke. off their shirts, and oh. there was a flare that went off that where the police came down and tried to clear the North End to lead and all this other crap. It was just a bunch of shit. Yeah, it just it's. And you're quite right, Steve. That the the I think uh, like this this whole um, everything that's been put forward by the owners of the club and like the management of the club that this is a rebuilding year or or not really a rebuilding year but really a holding year um, where they're they're just looking to don't expect too much from it. That's kind of been underlined, I think, by the fact that tonight we got smoked like royally by the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't get smoked by, by the worst team in the league until quite late in the season last year. The same um, team. Same team. But and they're not the this, worst team in the sense of they, like they were last year, but if I'm not mistaken, on points, which is at you know five games yeah. in, everyone's within a few points of each other. Yeah, but, but DC they, is, is, they, they are like a perennial, like, you know, kind of underperformer. And they've come into they've 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 come here now t- on two occasions and smoked us, and the smoking tonight wasn't like a, an accident. Yeah, and we could have quite easily lost six nil tonight, six seven nil even. You know yeah. there was plenty of opportunity for them to score, and they there was that chance where they had like five on two. I know there was five, five on or two. six of them, and the guy just just oh, it was, stumbled on it, and that was the end of it. And uh, Dax McCarty, that's who it was. It yeah. was a it was a it wasn't a, it wasn't a particularly great game to watch. I have to say. <laughs> There's very few, very few bright spots to come from this. And um, Aaron Winter, when he's kind of like um, dragging the lads back in the dressing room and like talking to them, I'm really, I'm not really sure what he's saying to them because like these are these are kind of like an average bunch of players. Like an average bunch of players as a group are only going to be able to perform to their ability. Then you know, I don't think any of these players are like going to. That they would, I think you require some greatness within the team to draw average players up. Yes, and if so, everyone is average, then yeah. you, there's no one to sort of you know inspire others. Like our best player on paper should be Julian de Guzman. Like he gets paid the most. He's had a, a like a, an interesting career in Europe. He's had a pretty good career <clears> in Europe, and he's he on paper is our best player and. Even he, amongst this group... I was going to ask you what you thought of him tonight, because I, I, one of the things I noticed about I him was that... Got, I think he's got too much to do. Yeah, he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He had... Uh, he was running around in circles. He was, uh, and we started to see... I, I mean, in other games, we've seen some flair with him, you know, some ability to control and distribute the ball, really, with finesse. Tonight, nothing like that, because no. he just was had to be in too many places at uh, every time. Yeah, and he had know? one... He just had that one... There was that one link up with Santos when Santos was coming down the left side and he hoofed it over the net yeah. like towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but that was really the only when nice I, through when ball. I, that he when I watch Toronto play, I look like they're playing drills. They look like this is drills that they've practiced on the, the, the training pitch. That like The ball comes out, it goes to Peterson. Peterson plays it to Cordon. Cordon plays it to Martina. Martina. Martina runs with it. And that's kind of, it's like a little triangle that they've worked out. And it, because, the reason I say it looks like a drill because they do it every fucking time. Like, it's like they've they've practiced this. Like the ball goes to Peterson, Peterson flicks it on, he passes it on quickly to Martina, and Martina runs with it. Yeah. But 
I mean, but the, I mean, that's great. It's great if it works. But when you do it every single time, it becomes so predictable for the opposition to. It's easy to defend against. Yeah, of course, yeah. and and it's really easy to defend against because when Martina does his run, no one runs with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's he's kind of hung out to dry. And I can't I can't imagine any team. At I guess this his point. job is to get behind the defender. Yeah, and put the ball into okay, Santos, cross, and Santos cross, yeah. is supposed to head it in, and that's it. If any team's done their homework at this point in the season, and they're seeing Toronto FC, all I would say is, you know, the only guy out there to watch for is Martinez. Yeah, and you know what? Like and they we saw LA, two guys on him, this, two guys on him. They that's what I was gonna say. Is at the start of the LA game on Wednesday, it was just him one on one with Todd Donovan, and he was able to have some success, and like within within that first half. They adjusted and had him being double teamed and triple teamed going out in the corner because they knew he had no one else to, to send it off to. Yeah, no one was running up with him. There was no. There's no. That's one of the interesting things I think about the way that Toronto are playing at the moment is that there's no overlap in play. Like when Cordon gets the ball and flicks it to Martina, he doesn't run on to give options. I think his job is just to get the move the ball forward, but to stay. In but the it, it, it reminds me, though, of earlier years of TFC, like the first two it's years. It's very static. Uh, where that used to be Danny Dicchio being hung out to dry. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen it, we've seen a regression, I guess, in team formation here. Yeah, but if you will. I don't. Like I read, a, I read, um, I read a. Um, actually, before the game, I didn't realize what I was reading at the time. But it's Toronto. Uh, it's DC, DC United's um, blog. Right on SB Nation. Yeah, and uh, it's called uh, Black and Red. And uh, they were talking about how the team is finding success with their four-three-three formation, and it's working out. And well, what do they know? Yeah, but <laughs> the interesting thing is the formation like, isn't even four-three-three. They must have got that from like some sort of press release because yeah. there's absolutely no evidence of it on the pitch. Like yeah. if you were like the coach of um, of DC, you'd probably watch a few matches and you'd probably be scratching your head, thinking like, "What formation are they playing?" Yeah, you know, it's really difficult because there's. It's re- it's really difficult to see. I didn't even I couldn't even tell what position Peterson was playing for the first fifteen is to twenty minutes. For, is he a forward or is he a defender? Well, well tonight he was. It looked like he was listed he at start, right back. He started at right back, but there was no one in the midfield to play in in that three position, right? And so he was. And there was a huge gap, and he's also not comfortable playing a defense. Uh, which was evidence from the first goal. Yeah, Chris Pontius like was able defense. to tear him apart. He looks shit in defense, uh, but he looks all right in midfield. Or or moving up because he was playing forward, I think, in the last part of the game, uh, last part of last twenty minutes of the game, where he had three or four chances on net. I mean, he's not well, he, he's I not very effective at that either. But all of, all of our all of our plays, to, all, I think all of our plays tonight, really anything that got near the goal well, were, originated from Peterson. Yeah, surprising. But, yeah, but I mean that's because there's nothing on the pitch. There's but nothing else. You on made the pitch. an interesting point a moment ago, um, Steve, before we started, um, and that's that. Basically, unless it's a uh, like a uh, set piece, we don't have any chances on goals. Like the chances on goals aren't coming like from open play. Our yeah. chances on goals are coming from corners or free kicks. Yeah, or the vast majority for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to say all of them, but yeah, yeah most of them. Whenever we look dangerous in front of goal, it's from a Peterson corner or free kick. Yeah, and the, the back, only the only exception to that is that well, sometimes we get some counter attacks, which is desperation ball clearances and. Um, just sort of the jumble in front of the net where Peterson had a couple of headers within the six-yard box. And if he was, a, he was an effective forward, he would have scored. I mean, if you miss in the six-yard box, I'm not sure what you're doing on the pitch. Chad Barrett-Light. I know. Well, Chad Barrett-Light, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I had to sum up this game tonight in like positives, 
I think it would be that we didn't lose six or seven nil. Sure. Um, I think that that could, is a small positive. Um, the other positive for me as well would be um, that uh, a few, and we can discuss this later on, a few of the players certainly seem to be sort of rising above the others in terms of commitment and performance. Um, and a, a third positive would be that the game only lasted 90 minutes. It didn't sure. go on for like an 120. Yeah, there, was, there, was <laughs> a, there wasn't five minutes of According to Esquire time, it was 93. I know, but any longer, and I think I just would have left. Yeah. Well, you were ready. Um, you were I, standing up and had your jacket zipped and were ready to go. I would, I like, to, I would like to add a few more. I think um, we realized that Peterson should not be playing in the def- in a defensive position. Um, he's maybe better up forward, but that's not saying much. Uh, I think that um, when Adrian Kahn got hurt, we got to see Nana Adekor again, and I'm not sure really why he's being sit. I think he's one of the strongest players on this team, and um, I think he sort of came out. Um, I, I mean... Every time I see him on the pitch, I see him do well. I'm not really sure why he's not starting, but I think it might have something to do with not towing the line so much, right, where the other people are. Um, I also want to say uh, one thing about the uh, Julian de Guzman, and that was that I did start seeing him come out of the back. Um, I saw him a few times in an attacking position where I've never seen him before. And what what I'm what I'm what I'm taking away from this is that he's trying to fill De Rosario. He's trying to fill De Rosario's shoes. Uh, Santos was doing that last game, uh, not the Galaxy game, but the one before. Uh, De Guzman was doing it today, not very effectively. So we can see the difference between him and De Rosario. Uh, you know, matching them up in terms of performance and play is not even a comparison, really. Yeah, there is no comparison. Um, so to me, that was uh, important to see tonight. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a positive, but I think it was telling in terms of the story tonight. Yeah, that's interesting because in what we've seen in other matches, and I think it wasn't done as much tonight, was uh, Santos tracking him back a lot deeper um, to try and fill that central midfield role. He did, yeah. But tonight, I think... Because he, looked, he was pushed up so far. Yeah, but he, tonight he looked... I mean, he didn't even make the whole match. He looked tired and very well, static. I think he so was he playing... In a, they were he was playing Guzman to fill that role yeah. by coming further up. He was then. Yeah. Then Santos coming further back. I think that's what the shift was. Santos uh, probably played, Santos didn't have the legs for it tonight to no, do no, that no. running. Santos played behind Gordon last time, but Gordon's out on a groin injury. That's where the shift was. So Santos was playing Gordon's position tonight, and they pushed De Guzman up. Uh, so there was a slight shift in terms of formation. Okay, but you're yeah. I do. I I don't think he was tired. I think his flu's better, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, but you know, I think he was playing a different position. He was playing the strike, the one number one at mm-hmm. the top, right, the striker. So uh, they needed somebody to service the ball. I think Cordon Cordon was supposed to be playing that role. I thought yeah, Cordon. I think Cordon. Like, Did you think of, he deserved the Player of the Match? No, no, no. God no. But that's a load <laughs> of bullshit anyway. Of course, but I thought he looked. I thought he looked. But I thought out there. I think I thought he looked quite sprightly in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Dude, he, he played like he was eighteen. He, well, he had tons of energy. Yeah, but he was sure. cut, he was cutting inside. But again, the problem. But he was losing the ball was, too, right? Yeah, but a lot of those plays where he was running up, like there was no one, there were no options. Sure, like, no one was running up with him. He he often you were you were you actually at one point were predicting the play all the time. Peterson would go to Cordon, Cordon would go over to Martina, and it happened three or four times consecutively within five minutes. It yeah. was it was I mean. To even to speak more to your predictability, the plays were very predictable. Yeah, but I think, but I, I think, think that that speaks to the, the lack of, young, of options. There are a lot, right? of, lot of young players 
lot of lot of inexperience. So I think they just have to play drills. Like they don't, they can't. He can't say yeah, out to them and just simple. say, "Move the ball around and let's just see what happens." Like here's your playmaker in the middle. You know, get the ball to the midfield and find him, and then shit's just going to happen. They can't do that. They've just got to say, "Okay, Peterson, when you get the ball, you give it to Cordon. Cordon, when you get the ball, you give it to Martina. Martina, when you get the ball, run." Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably what they're doing because yeah. these are young kids. Like you know, yeah. they got no match experience or very little. So, yeah, yeah. And they're all young kids. So um, we did in the match analysis. We did completely skip over the red card, which uh, certainly was. So did the game in six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Before we before we came on here, we oh just, yeah, we just kind of just go over the game to make sure we we hadn't missed anything and. We're getting to the end of this, and we're like, wait a second, wasn't that red card at like just over that? It was at fifty. It was at the, in the fiftieth minute, right? Yeah. Because I remember saying to the people who sit behind us, Julie and Dino, that yeah, uh, Julie and Dino, yeah. that uh, they said, you know, what's going to happen in the second half? And I said, we'll know in five minutes what if the second half is going to amount to anything, or mm-hmm. we're you know, shit the bed completely. And within five minutes, Harden was sent off for a red card. That was. I couldn't see the replay. No, so. neither, could, neither could I. So I couldn't figure out if it was, if he, the challenge was I think, studs I think, up. I think it was studs up. I think that's what the, the card was for. Well, you play the man, not the ball. He No, that's not necessarily the case, but it doesn't matter. If the studs are up, it doesn't even matter if you, I don't think it matters if you make contact. Okay. It's a dangerous tackle. Yeah, sure. And the guy went flying like about 10 yards in the air because he was going at full yeah. pace. Yeah. That was and, Davis, wasn't it? But, and, and maybe it, there was some theater in It might have been Davies or it might have been Pontius again. Party boy. I think it might have been Pontius. Party boy. Yeah. Uh, he's certainly going to be partying tonight, that's for sure. He had two goals? He got yeah, two, two goals. goals. He did, yeah. But and, the, um, and Davies had a lot of chances on that, too. I mean, he scored one, but he also could we, have equally got we looked. We looked really, really tired. Well, we didn't look tired. We looked really like we were laboring um, with uh, 11 men on the pitch with 10. Um, from that point onwards, I mean, I think you kind of predicted at the set like things would just fall to sh- go to shit in the seventieth uh, minute. Although at some point, and then like seventy-two minutes, they scored again. Yeah, and then they started looking like they every time they got the ball, yeah, they had so much space. Like at the back line was just spread so thin. But they did play to them. They did play, uh, try to play up with them. I mean, we did get chances, a yeah, lot of chances. Ten men. There was actually a period. I was where surprised, they and, good. and I thought maybe we we had too many men on the field initially. <laughs> maybe we were crowding ourselves, and maybe we need to get a red card every time because we were making chances. But you know, you can only play uh, shorthanded for so long before you run out of steam. And you know, seventieth minute has always been our sort of breaking point mm-hmm. in the past. So I figured. Is an easy guess. It was an educated guess to was, say. Yeah, it was a very well, very well guessed. Yeah, that red card was very unfortunate, but I guess it's just the way that shit goes, eh? Yeah, yeah, but you know, we've never had good refs. I mean, the hometown advantage doesn't ever work in our favor for refing, right? No, no, it never has. There is no hometown advantage. No, at all. not in MLS. Period. Not in MLS. No way. It doesn't happen. No. So, so what should we should we move into uh, the last segment here, the final third? Well, there's a couple of things we wanted to. Um, we got some listener. Fee- we got some listener feedback, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, and that's what I was thinking of. We got a couple of things we can go over with listener feedback. Which should we go over first? Which the, we have the... to say we're, we're always very appreciative of hearing um, what anyone uh, may think of the show, or um, <coughs> if, if they've got any questions or ideas or um, or general feedback about the way that Toronto are playing or the the, the whole thing. Well, let's think... let's you know let's go over the the. the 
the two emails that came in just kind of we'll stick with the game for now and then we'll hit the question after so let's hit the question the, first because that'll lead into the emails i think okay so we got an email from who's this here yoshi from yoshi Markham. sounds like a video game character <laughs> yoshi from Markham. sorry yoshi yeah uh, <laughs> is yoshi a dinosaur is that what he is that's a right yeah a little dinosaur in uh, super mario well, sounds like a cute guy so uh what his question here is what who is so with de rosario gone who is uh, who is TFC's best player? Who's TFC's best player. Shit. What do you think, Tim? Well, I think um, I don't think that, I I think that the over reserve. I think everyone could agree that their best player is Stefan Fry. Sure. So let's discount Stefan Fry. Yeah. Let's make this tricky. Let's exclude him. Let's make this a tough question. Choices. I would say and talk about the players on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Stefan Fry is without a doubt the best player that we have. There's no question about that. So then I guess the question becomes, who's the second best player? <laughs> the second best player to me? And this is really this is really tricky. Um, I have an answer. Well, my answer, I think, would be uh, Nana Adekora. Yes, I would agree. And um, some other we had another uh, listener write in about expressing that same thing tonight. Um, we got some early response from the game tonight, right? From Bill oh, from Ottawa. Yeah, so Bill, yeah, Bill sent, wrote in and... He broke down, broke down the whole game pretty much. Yeah, he that had was, an excellent analysis. Which was Thanks a lot, Bill. pretty much close to on point on some of the things that we went over and talking about how, you know, Vinder has to start settling down on this back line. The, the constant tinkering of, you know, okay, let's now put Peter Sinclair. Isn't that back. part of a rebuilding process? To try and I guess so. And, and, but he made, it made an apt point that now we have Eckersley coming in, and that's just going to be, we're going to go through another. You know, another mini preseason here where it's just like, okay, now he has to fit should, in. The back, line, the back line should have been squared away in pre-season. Like, like the fact that we're allowed six games in and uh, we don't even have a back line sorted out. It's, cr- well, it's we, ludicrous. It's crazy, though, because you can say, you know, this is getting a really old hat, but since day one, haven't had a goal I can pick a back line right now for you. Go, for, go, for, it. go for it. Easily. Who is your back line? Gargan on the outside. Uh, Harden on the outside, Khan and Adakora. That would be my back four. Really? Yeah. I, as bad as Harden was, and as uh, he's been a hole, he's not as bad as Peterson. He's not as bad as Borman. Uh, the, given Borman the options, Borman, Borman should I think should the be top on four. Notice. Like, Harden should not terrible. be. Harden should not be in the middle because he's a he's a detriment to that back line when he's in the middle. So if he makes his mistakes, we have a time to recover. And uh, I, the way Khan and Adakora play together. Um, they know each other in the center, so they can play stopper and sweeper, and they can switch yeah, because it because you've got your MVP from last season in your uh, in the center, yeah. and you've got probably the best player of this season in the center alongside. Now, I think bringing obviously someone with a lot more match experience like Ecclesley into the into the mix as well is going to help. Well, he doesn't have tons though, right? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to have more than sure at, at a at a higher level. Yes. Um, than 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 what we currently have. I believe that I think that Ty Harden is a is a liability on that back line. He looks weak whenever the ball goes to him. He looks weak, which is why and I when the ball's coming the towards him, he looks weak. Yeah. Well, but, here, here's what I would think. But that's our. I mean, in, yeah, in I mean, an I, ideal world, Eckersley hasn't proved himself yet, so I'm gonna just go with yeah, what sure. I know. Of in, course. in my yeah. ideal world, they go out and find themselves a really good center back, and they push Adekor out to right back. Really? You don't think he's that strong in the middle? I think he is strong in the middle, but I think he'd be if we. But 
But he just, wins. I'm, he wins all the aerial yeah, battles, why, and he, he cuts. He you, cuts out every attacking, uh, attacking up thing in the middle. Yeah, but he's got he's got the as pace. well as well as he he gets up for the corners and crosses. I mean, he's playing both offense and defense. But he can still do that. I just and to, the me, outside, to me that's says stronger. I, I, so would you rather keep Adekor no, and because, in the middle and because find? I don't think Roberto like. You know, the, if you look at people who are good on the wing back situation, like Roberto Carlos or Marvel Wynn, who we've had, uh, you know, Marvel Wynn was one of our better players like sure. that. Um, they still are not as effective as the way uh, I think Adekora is when he's in the middle. Okay. I do like Nana Adekora, and I like, I like the way that he plays in the middle. It reminds me of a lot of the, the work that uh, Adrian Sirio used to do in the past. Yeah. Well, basically, he was reliable. Like you stopper, knew, yeah. yeah, when you knew when the ball was coming through, nothing was coming he by. He put the handbrake on it, and yeah. he got the ball as far away from the goal as possible. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, and just to wrap up, again, Bill's good summary of the game. There, you know, he threw out De Guzman needing to to do better. Um, Tony Chani not being overly impressive, um, but at 21. I would say I think we're going to see more of these kind of performances for him where there's moments where he looks good and moments where he looks really bad. Uh, and also, you know, he's only been here three weeks. Uh, I think this is what we're going to we're going to go through growing pains with him through the year. And then, as we've been saying, you know, following suit that Atacora was one of the few bright spots in the afternoon. And I one thing to add on to that, too, that also to add on how good his performance was, you know, we have Charlie Davies coming in. And although he's on recovery from a severe car injury, you know, he's on loan from Sachaux in, in France. He's got pedigree, probably got a little bit of cockiness to him, a little bit of a walk. And any time, you know, he was on a break, Adekor closed him down or he was trying to get cute in the corner. Adekor stripped him of the ball. You know, he kind mm-hmm. of took it to him and made him look foolish a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and that's another instance to me that, you know, when Adekor, like he's had a couple moments over the last few games where he hasn't looked great, but I think it's in him to easily be like you, you guys have pegged him as as our best player, yeah. other than Stefan. I've never Fred. seen him look bad. I, maybe there's you know been what I like about him as well. There's been points where he's been caught with bad him as well. He's like our longest serving player. Yeah. That's probably is. Yeah, you're right. That's what I like about him. Shit, anyone that can manage to hang around in this club for that long, yeah, must be actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I does say something. Yeah, and then there was just one other. What was it? One other comment from I think it was Chris Finley saying, "What a pathetic right. performance!" Thank God for the ticket for, ticket price freeze from Uncle Tom. From Uncle Tom. Yeah, I can't. Um, if they carry on playing like this this season, um, if we see more and more of these shitty draws and these terrible losses uh, without a, like a massive turnaround, which I don't think is going to happen personally, I can't. I can't see the the, the season ticket price freeze. Even making a difference. I think that the rats will fucking leave the sinking ship, and then the fucking ship will sink. <laughs> That's what I think will happen. Oh, well, we saw it tonight by the you know the there was a crappy turnout, and the people who were there started leaving at the 70th minute mark. Yeah. They were just ready. They were disgusted. There, we saw uh, two pints go on the pitch. Whoa, uh, that one was, of them hit. One of them hit uh, Javier Martina. That was shocking. Actually, yeah. that was yeah, that, pretty like low class. Like like, uh, like well, but they were about, fed up. I mean, I, about, you know, like, I can understand it. Seasons. Yeah, but that. That's I don't what, want to see Martina getting hit, but I, I can understand it. Yeah, well, people are pissed off. Yeah, but yeah. talking about like season ticket free, freezes at this stage in the season, it's like your house is on fire and it's burning down, and you're talking about like the the new wallpaper you're going to put in once you fucking like redecorate it. You know, it's like 
It's kind of irrelevant at the moment. <laughs> the, the house is on fire. Now, why are you talking about like the wallpaper you're going to replace it with? You know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all. I mean, it's just. It's, it's a ridiculous. It it's a ridiculous conversation. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think uh, if they don't turn this around, this rebuilding year, this rebuilding year. I mean, I don't want to get into this too heavy, but this rebuilding year could, or whatever they want to portray it as, like I don't know what the fuck it is anyway. If if they don't if they don't start winning games. And they don't start act, making progress immediately. Like 2012, it's just not even going to be uh, affected for a lot of people. I, well, know, I know a lot of I know I know a lot of people who are season ticket holders, and they're basically saying this is the last chance. If they don't see progress this year, then they're not going to bother. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing too. Is because these, are, these, are, these aren't guys that sit up in the top section. Oh, these are guys that are right behind the fucking goal, like in the south end. These are the diehard, you know. Mm. What were you, how are we doing there? Steve's checking his notes. There's really not much more to go over, is Okay, there? well, no, I wanted to do something. Uh, so I, I started thinking about this smoke and mirrors thing that I keep saying week after week about how, you know, I just think that there's a lot of uh, spin going on with uh, MLSE and the, and the club thing. And so, and we were, I mean, one of the things that we noticed in the press over the last little bit was that there's been a lot of ass kissing going on by them, right? So I wanted to... I wanted to go through at least the last couple of days of press and ask you what you guys thought about whether the piece was smoke or mirrors. Sure. Uh, because I'm thinking thinking it's mostly bullshit. <laughs> because the option smoke or mirrors means that it's still all just crap, right? Um, so the, the first thing um, that came to mind was uh, there's a couple of pieces in the Toronto Sun, if I could start. Uh, the first one was titled TFC Ads Defender by Ryan, I think, Webstite. Um, so... One of the news, one of the stories is uh, this guy Richard Eckel, uh, Eckersley, Eckersley, obviously uh, related to Dennis Eckersley of Oakland A's fame, <laughs> is on loan from Burnley. Mullet and black mustache. It's <laughs> a good look. He's a right uh, defender, so he's right back. Uh, Winter says he fits in nicely to the system. In another article uh, in the Toronto Star, he says, uh, "Well, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute." So he said, Winter. Uh, is sort of describe saying you know he fits nicely into the system. That's how he's uh, um, describing this. So, what do you guys think? Smoke or mirrors? In terms of what? Of this What's guy fitting it? into our system? What, what no. What do you think this article is? Smoke or mirrors? I don't. Think, and and I don't how think, do you think? I don't think I don't think anything is really relevant. Okay, this is what I'm thinking. Okay, I, sure. You, you, there, yeah, you first go. First of all, there's no system to fit into. Yeah. Well, this. First of all, if we're talking about a system that's four three three, it's heavy on forwards, right? Yeah, uh, but it, but it requires fullbacks, the fullbacks to support. Sure, it does. Uh, but from the outset, from the last five years, we've always been looking for strikers, right? Mm-hmm. We've never really had a good one that we can depend on, except for De Rosario. And we, we were hoping that they would be looking for a striker. It seems like they're wasting their time looking for a defender. Uh, and they've only the only sign, and they've also had trouble signing players, right? They've relied heavily on academy players, mm-hmm. um, and so any signing, they're trying to make some kind of hay out of it, don't you think? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just uh, so. This is the smoke, I'm thinking, right? Sure, I can see that. I uh, yeah. I, I also think, that. and uh, because I think everyone here is sitting saying, "Oh man, we need." We need something to get excited. When I got about. there, people were going on about this new signing, and I'm thinking, "Are you crazy?" Like, we talk this way every time there's a new signing, and it doesn't make a difference. 
It's like and the, and this is a defender. It's like Christians waiting for the Messiah, you know. And yeah. I'm thinking we are stacked with defenders. The only experience we have comes from our defense. Like we have all of our defense, all of our experiences in defense. What are they doing signing more defenders? We need a fucking goal yeah, but they scorer. They didn't sign him anyway, did they? They just got him or, alone. On alone. alone. Yeah. But regardless, bringing people here who are defenders, we need. Someone who can put the ball in that, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, of course. Smoke well, a mirror. Smoke a mirror. Pick your poison. Like, you know what I mean? It's like one or the other. Uh, the next story was called uh, TFC Hopes uh, to Continue Unbeaten Run oh, in the Toronto me. Sun. That was, you mean that wasn't, from Toronto, that wasn't from TorontoFC.ca? <laughs> no, this was from the Toronto Sun. What do you guys think? Four-game unbeaten run. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but this is like I've noticed this a lot in... Um, I've noticed this a lot in um, in sort of Toronto sports. Like they go on about like unbeaten runs, and I when I whenever like if I thought like drawing four in a row, all I just can think of is like you know that's not really that impressive, especially if a lot of those are at home games. Keep yeah. dr- keep drawing loads of games at home, it just means you're shit. It's yeah. just going nowhere. One one, I gotta say, I mean that the one one draw to Chivas USA, man, was that to me that was just a kick in the teeth. I mean that was a that was an opponent served up on a silver platter. That's three points. You know what I mean? That isn't that isn't an unbeaten run. That's points dropped. And yeah. the Galaxy game was like having horseshoes up our ass. That's true. That was like there was an angel standing next to Stefan Fry, like pushing the ball over. Yeah, hitting woodwork. Okay, the next story comes from the Toronto Star by Daniel Girard, um, who quotes Aaron Vinter saying, "This is about the Eckersley uh, loan. Uh, we are rebuilding our defense." And the season is long. He's defending. I don't know what to say to that. The season will be fucking long. <laughs> you know what? It's four games longer than last year, too. Jeez, but it's going to be really long. I guess my point earlier was that should we be spending our effort on building a defense when there's like a lot more holes in the... Yeah, but I think, I think with, with I, Toronto, I, they, they have to have something to report. And like I guess the newspapers, whatever the media machine at BMO Field spits out, they just... Lazy reporting. They, they just retype it in a, an article. I don't, you know, there's a, there is some there is some decent reporting out there, but I think a lot of the reporting is basically is based around access and and like sure is. totally is. You know, it's it not like the, then like some of the guys for the CBC and the Toronto Star and stuff like that. They're going to write bitchy pieces once in a while, but I think they probably get like a told to calm down because otherwise they're not going to be welcome at the, the stadium and they want to sit there eating prawn volivants and enjoying like sort of complimentary service and all this while they're during the game they don't want to be like sort of having to sit in the stands freezing their asses off like us mugs <laughs> so to the people who write in saying why don't you cheer up write something positive I want to just say there's lots of cheerleaders out there yeah there is yeah. but there are some real positives from tonight's game though I think that we should we, it would be a, a disservice to mention them Steve we've why already you, we've already talked about them haven't we well the sunset that was beautiful. Oh, those! Oh, yeah, it was yeah. quite romantic. And um, uh, if only, uh, if only I had someone to enjoy it with, except for you two, it would have been lovely. <laughs> and uh, that guy won twelve pizzas at halftime. Oh, the meal or no meal? Meal or no meal? You won twelve pizzas. That's. Uh, but but, meal or no meal? The guy always wins. Oh no! They don't even need to know that. <laughs> no one needs to know that. <laughs> um. There was, an, there was another positive. Oh, there, there was lots of fresh air. That's it, three of them. Yeah. Fresh air is particularly being located next to a highway. 
Yeah. That's well, a, they were, that's surprising. It, it felt fresh. But the other side is a lake. <laughs> the other, but the other side, there is a lake. It did feel fresh. The <laughs> With <end>. an airport. <laughs> yeah. Like jet, jet, jet fuel jet on one fuel. side and, yeah. and diesel fuel on the other. Car exhaust. Right on the other side. So there are some positives. So let's not forget those. And I would add another positive from the Globe and Mail. There was an article in the Globe and Mail comparing the differences uh, between the white Vancouver Whitecaps. It was called Whitecaps Continue to Show TFC How It's Done by Paul Atfield. An article I'd like to an article I'd like to applaud, um, where he says uh, the philosophy for Vancouver is namely to take note of what Toronto FC has done and do the exact opposite. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then he uses the example of saying that they, the Vancouver organization has given the fans uh, f- uh, free tickets to a game against Manchester. I think it might be City that they're City, playing. Yeah, City. City, yeah. uh, then he goes on to describe the differences of uh, between the two teams. Vancouver, uh, the differences being that Vancouver uses the draft picks that they get that they pick, as opposed to Toronto, who either gives away the draft picks or lets the draft picks sit on the bench, um, and they use the designated player option where we wasted ours for many years and then the ones that we did finally buy turned out to be not so great. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great that's, and you know what? It's just a great to, analysis just to, in a nutshell. Yeah. Just to mention one I think one thing I thought about that that kinda of clued in was uh, you know, you know, what Toronto FC does and do the opposite and I'm thinking of supporters and you know when your team is getting shellacked 3-0 and there's really nothing to be excited about and you know the supporters decide to do something Mm. which is a bit ridiculous but it's you know lighting a flare is really not the end of the world as long as they don't throw it on the pitch to bring in all the security in the stadium and sort of clear them out the last people who are supporting your team singing in the dire moments no one should be singing that's like the captain of the Titanic ordering security to come and arrest the band was playing (laughs) while they were going down (laughs) it's exactly it I can't that's a great analogy I can't imagine that's a great analogy yeah it is I can't imagine what the hell they were thinking and why they would just be like you know what we suck and these are the only people who are cheering us 90 well, minutes nonstop. I, Maybe we'll just cut them a bit of slack. I've been doing a lot of reading about this clown that owns the, uh, what's it called, the Re- the Washington Redskins. I can't remember his name for those. Yeah, for the me neither. Too. I know who you're talking about. He's a complete ass. Well, I think the same model he, I think his model, because he makes a fortune from the Washington Redskins, but he's a, an utter douchebag, and the fans hate him, And but he just makes money. They love their team, and they just he just rapes them for every penny and dollar he can get from them. And I think the same model that um, he has uh, employed successfully at the Washington Redskins has just been replicated here. Like everything is sponsored, like the pitch ball is sponsored, the half time is sponsored, the scoreboard is sponsored. There's the Scott's Every- banner in front of our section. Everything, the pitches, the actual grass on the pitch is sponsored. Yeah, that's Every- the only thing that makes it over our section. That, that's that's <laughs> the that's the everything is sponsored, and that's one of his models. Is like the half time. Half time, like sort of, this is delivered by this and la 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 la. Pizza, pizza. Exactly, it's yeah, all know, all yeah. of it, and but it's also also basically the fans aren't there to the the fans aren't there to reward and thank and cherish and like you know become part of the organization. They're just a, a mark, the same as a mark like for like anyone who just wants to take as much money from you as possible. They're not there to like sort of become part of the fabric. They're just there to spend money. The same as you know, you, you go to the cinema. The, the manager doesn't come and thank you for coming and seeing the film. You know, you just pay your six bucks for your popcorn and your 
five dollars for your soda, and, and then they send in some people to kick you out while they clean up the state of the seats. You know, it's, it's the same deal. It's yeah. just uh, I wish I could remember Merciless. his name. I read this article about it, and it was like one hundred things this guy has done. Interesting oh, that we were playing. Suck. Interesting that we were playing DC. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking about and, it before the game. Because I don't want to forget is because we're kind of wrapping it up. I know is that if, is you know. Pretty low moment. We got Columbus next Saturday. Oh, God. Oh! At home. If we lose that one... No, we will well, lose it. Well, this is the interesting thing. It's we've got if. so many home games early in this season. Like, we're going to clear out a lot of our home games real early in this season. <clears throat> and then the end of the season, we're going to be on the road so much. Basically, I can see us getting smoked big time, like, early in the season. Like, a, a lot at home. We're either going to draw... Or lose at home. This will be easily TFC's worst season. So, like at the end of the season when we're on the road, you can just forget about it. I think. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think you're quite right, Steve. This is going to. This is going to be like year zero for Toronto FC. This is going to be the worst one we'll ever see. They're going to reset. Well, maybe like, not. Last year we thought it couldn't get lower, and it did. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Steve says it was like. Good. So I, I I wanted to go out with a. A question to the listeners. Oh, um, yeah. Go on. Um, I wanted to... So I was thinking... I was noticing that Peterson seems to take... Jacob Peterson seems to take our uh, set pieces. He seems to be our designated set pieces. And I started thinking back to, you know, a number of years. It's not totally uncommon. But sometimes we've had, uh, you know, people who... So I'm thinking of two two events that... W- um, we need to find somebody who who else could take set pieces... Not that Peterson is bad at doing it, but you know he might get injured, uh, and he's no good from the left. Like if he's doing a left-sided cross, so we need a left footer. So I wanted to ask uh, the listeners and the viewers of Toronto FC, who do you think from our squad could take set pieces in Peterson's absence? Hmm. That's so a we, tough one. So we want options. Are, options are I, this is not a question I want to ask to answer. Pizza. No. This is not a question I want us to answer. I want the listeners to answer. So right. we want to hear your input. And you know what? If uh, How can whatever we're doing, we'll throw in our two cents. So what is it? Info at Red Nation Online? Yeah, or, ha- or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Either one of those will get through. Well, that's it, guys. Yeah. Almost in a half of football here. By now, it's 42 minutes in the pod, and we'll be down 2-0. On our way to a red card. Yeah, on our way to a red card. Well, uh, this is uh, Timmy on the left saying uh, ta-ta. Spark. In the middle. Steve on the right. And we'll catch you uh, next weekend, uh, hopefully after a Columbus uh, victory over Columbus. The Great Leap Forward. Yeah. (laughs) We can't beat them. We can't beat them. (laughs) Eastside Stand Up is the only TFC-specific podcast breaking down the game, the home game at least, right after it happens. We want you to get involved. So if you're watching the game at home or even through the week, come up with something, email us at haveyoursay at rednationonline.ca and help direct the discussion. Get your opinion across of what happened on the pitch today. Well, and we got lots of it. Yeah. And I'll just...
Bring us in, Spock. Bring us in, Spock. There's pressure on me how to do this ever since since last week. After the incident. After the incident. (laughs) (laughs) Tim got bent out because I did it. Well, of course I'm going to bring us in by saying we're back from the game. Back from BMO. Of course you are. From a 3-0 You can't start with that course. you got to start over, man. Start again. Of course. Just start now. It doesn't well, matter. I am starting now. If you just stop talking for a second. No way. Well, I, either way, this is going to be fading up right now with me and the, my panties in a knot.